I'm sure many of you remember the comedian Red Skelton, performed back in the days when comics didn't feel the need to use four-letter words in their comedy routines. Good old days. I read an interesting story about Red Skelton a few years ago. It seems that one day back in 1951, he was on a plane that was headed for Europe, where he was scheduled to perform in a show. But on the way, as the plane was flying over the Swiss Alps, three of the engines on the plane failed, and the plane began to go down. The situation looked rather bleak, to put it mildly, and many of the passengers quite naturally began to pray. As for Red Skelton, he did what he did best. He went into a comedy routine to try to distract the passengers from the impending disaster. He was like the orchestra on the Titanic that played music as the ship slowly sank into the North Atlantic. Well, thankfully, at the last moment, the pilot spotted a large field between two of the mountains in the Alps, and he was able to land the plane safely in that field. When the ordeal was finally over, Red stood up and in typical Red Skelton style said, Now, ladies and gentlemen, you may return to all the evil habits that you gave up 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Which brings us to this morning's Gospel reading from John chapter 20. Today, as I mentioned at the beginning of Mass, we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, which was the event we heard about in our first reading today from Acts chapter 2. That was the moment, Pentecost, when the promise of Jesus that he made to the apostles at the Last Supper was fulfilled, completely fulfilled. This was the moment, really, of the first confirmation. And the Holy Spirit descended on these men and gave them power, new power, power to live the gospel, power to speak the truth of the gospel, power to defend the gospel and the truth of the gospel. This was the moment when they received gifts, the spiritual gifts they would need to carry out the mission Jesus had given to them to convert the world. First and foremost, the gifts of faith, hope, and charity. But also the seven gifts mentioned in Isaiah chapter 11, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, etc. As well as the charismatic gifts like tongues and prophecy and healing. The Spirit empowered them through this spectacular event and they were transformed. Suddenly, they were no longer afraid of their own shadows, which they had been during the Lord's ministry. Suddenly, they were not intimidated by the culture, the godless culture they were living in. Instead, they made the decision to use the gifts the Spirit gave to them that day to change the culture they were living in in a positive way from within, which is exactly what we're supposed to do in our culture today with the anointing we receive at our confirmation. But it's not magic important to know. It's not magic. Notice I said the apostles made the decision to use the gifts of the Spirit to work for positive change. The fact is you can receive the gifts of the Spirit in confirmation, as many of our young people do today, and do absolutely nothing positive with those graces. In that case, you will most certainly be intimidated by the culture we're living in and eventually overpowered by it. And this unfortunately happens more often than not these days. If you need some proof, just get some statistics on how many Catholic young people today who are confirmed support things like abortion, it's transgenderism, and so-called gay marriage. At this point, I'm sure it's well over 50%. But as important as it is to receive and use the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives, 
There's something even more basic that the Spirit brings to us, which is why Jesus didn't wait until Pentecost until he began to pour out his Spirit on his first priests. As we heard in today's Gospel, Jesus first sent the Holy Spirit to the, his apostles on the way on, on, on Easter Sunday, a full 50 days before Pentecost. And why did our Lord do that? So that they could forgive sins in his name. The Spirit was given first so that sins could be forgiven. It should make perfect sense to us because if a person is steeped in sin, any spiritual gifts they have are not going to matter. They're not going to matter at all. Forgiveness is primary and forgiveness is necessary for all of us. This is something, by the way, that Red Skelton definitely understood. It's why he said what he said on that plane back in 1951. Red Skelton knew that when the passengers on that aircraft thought they were going to die, most of them were not interested in how much wisdom or knowledge they possessed, whether they could pray in tongues or not. What they were most concerned with at that decisive and scary moment was where they stood before God. And it was that concern that led them to want to give up what Red called their evil habits, that is to say their sins, the sins they had committed and not yet repented of. Red was a smart guy. He knew. Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. This is where priests get the power to forgive sins in the sacrament of reconciliation. And so if you want to determine how active the Holy Spirit is in your life now or at any other time, the first question you should ask yourself is not, what spiritual gifts do I have? No, 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 no. The very first question you should ask yourself is, how repentant am I? How repentant am I for my sins? And how often do I express that repentance humbly and sincerely and honestly by bringing those sins to Jesus in the confession. It's my simple prayer today that in the future, the Holy Spirit will be very, very, very active, both in your life and in mine.